Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Nitzavim. Pashas Nitzavim is always read, as we'll see in a moment, before Rosh Hashanah. It is, as we mentioned last week, a continuation of Tichle Shana Vekillo Seho. We conclude the year and all of the klolos, um, all of the challenges that could be facing us in this year. And we look forward to Tichle and Tochel Shana Ubircho Seho. May the new year bring its blessing. I want to start by sharing with you a very interesting idea found in the Sefer Darche Musar by Rav Yaakov Naiman Satsal, who notes from the altar of Kelm that the inciting the Zohar, the parsha begins, Atem Nitzavim Hayom Kulchem. Literally, you are all standing here today. The literal context is Moshe is continuing his speech prior to taking leave of the Jewish people. And he's saying to the Jewish people, you're all together and God is entering into a covenant with you. And the essence of this covenant will go into effect as soon as you cross over the Jordan. And that is the covenant of arvus, of responsibility one for another. Not just for yourself, but all one unit comes along the uh, Zohar, and the Zohar says that the first Pasuk, Atem Nitzavim Hayom Kolchem, you're all standing here today, this has a message throughout Jewish history. Not by chance, we always read this parsha before Rosh Hashanah, and therefore the verse is referring to Rosh Hashanah, where the entire Jewish world is standing before God in judgment. And he cites the tour, and the tour brings down the following very interesting idea. Take a look, says Reb Hanina and Reb Yoshua, how unique the Jewish people are. Namely, that the custom of man is that if he is on trial, he wears black, and he's not concerned if he's taken a haircut, nor is he properly groomed? He doesn't know what's going to be his fate. But the Jewish people know. We bathe before Rosh Hashanah and we wear Levanim white clothing and we prepare ourselves by eating and drinking on Rosh Hashanah. There's a sense of optimism because we know that God is going to literally Yaseh Lohem Nes that there's going to be, come on, a miracle. Now wait a second. We know that in the Nisana Tokef prayer recited on Rosh Hashanah, it is very serious. And it's for this reason that we don't say Hallel on Rosh Hashanah. But this is Mi Umiyamus, which means literally who shall live and who shall die. This is serious stuff. Where is there room for optimism on Rosh Hashanah? And the answer, says the altar, Mikem, is in the word Kulchem. Kulchem means you all, the Jewish people, as a unit. Each and every individual is to be concerned about his or her personal fate as to what's going to be the fate of ourselves 
on Rosh Hashanah and what will be the forthcoming year for us individually. However, as a people, oh my goodness, Am Yisrael Chai. Netzach Yisrael Lo Yishoker. There always will be a Jewish people. The Nevi'im, the prophets, promised us this. Well, once there is this prophet, promise of the prophets, then I know one thing. If the Jewish people are going to survive, your best chance for survival is connect yourself to the people, connect yourself to the community, become a Jew that the community needs you. Whatever your talents are, incorporate them with and for the community. You're an accountant, volunteer for your synagogue, for your local shul, for the mikvah, to help them out in doing their books, and you're not going to charge them for it. And therefore, whatever you do, you're a teacher, so not only are you teaching children, but guess what you do on the spare time? You tutor, and you do it very often for gratis, because you're there to be help and to help the community. And take a look, each person in their own way, by being part of the community, that is your insurance policy that, please God, you'll have a better judgment on Rosh Hashanah. I'd like to take this opportunity to review some of the basic laws of Rosh Hashanah and customs, and let's go in order. And therefore, on the first night of Rosh Hashanah, we come home and we recite the Kiddush as found in the Marzor, Sidurim, etc. And listen carefully, we wash our hands as we would on any and every Shabbos and Yom Tov meal. We make the Hamotzi. Many have the custom of dipping the challah from the Hamotzi into honey. Now watch. Then comes a universal, pretty much universal custom of dipping the apple in the honey. And before we recite the Hirotzon, we make a bracha of Bore Pri Ho'etz. Now this is an exception to the rule. Namely, every Friday night when we first wash our hands, come to the table, and make hamotzi. After that, we don't recite any brachos until perhaps dessert, depending upon what that is, etc. Now, when it comes here, if you were to have any f time in the Yom Tov meal to begin a fruit cup, you would not make a Bori Priyo Eitz. Why are we making the Bori Priyo Eitz here? And the answer is because we're eating this apple as a ceremonial food. When we wish and we say that God should grant us and renew us a good year and a sweet year, we are basically doing two things. We're saying that if the judgment is going to be offered to us, let it be a sweet one. Like, for example, if it's decreed that the Jewish people are to go into exile, let that be fulfilled by our going into the sukkah, whereby we are being exiled from our home into the sukkah. In addition, our rabbis tell us that the apple reminds us of Gan Eden, as Rashi cites 
in Parshas Toldos, when Yitzchak Avinu comments on the clothing of Esau that Yaakov is wearing, and Re'e Re'ach Bini Kareach Hasodeh Shebercho Hashem, note the scent of this clothes, and Rashi says like the scent of Gan Eden, which smells of the apples. So we're being told, my friends, that not only are we the living being judged, but the deceased are judged as well. Now how can that be? It means that if we do good and we act in a good way, then we bring honor to our parents, grandparents, and teachers who taught us. And the opposite is also true. Then there are various customs which fall into the category of Simna Milsa. This comes from the Gemara in Horios 12a, whereby Abaye taught that Simna Milsa, that taking a object and reciting a prayer in conjunction with this object. The Chaye Adam in Simon Kuf Lamites 139 paragraph 6 notes this, the Maharal speaks about this, the Ramban calls it a prayer with a Poel Dimion, which means as follows that if there is an object associated with the prayer, it's a deeper form of prayer. So it's not the apple as much as the hirotzon, the prayer that accompanies it, that says that it should please be a shonatova, a good year, and a sweet year. Now, certainly one does not have to eat carrots, cabbage, beets, dates, pomegranates, fish, and have either or the head of a fish or the head of sheep on the table. But if you have the carrots, so therefore what accompanies the carrots is the Hirotzon. God, may it be your will, Sheikarsu. Listen carefully. When it comes to cabbage, Sheikarsu, Son Enu, that our enemies should be cut down. If you have carrots, sheyirbu zuchuyosenu, that our merits should increase. If you eat beets, sheyistalku oyevenu. Again, I'm not telling you to go out and buy these things. Have at least one or two of them, as found in many of the machzorim. And again, it's the symbol and the prayer that goes with it, which is significant. Moving on. Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Tov, but we do not say Hallel on this Yom Tov because it is a Yom Hadin, a day of judgment, as we say both in the Shacharis as well as in our Musaf prayers. Let's understand, the primary mitzvah or the unique mitzvah for Rosh Hashanah is that of the shofar. The Torah tells us simply to blow. The rabbis tell us that it is with a shofar. The Torah doesn't tell us why. The Rambam tells us in Hilchos Tshuva that the purpose of the shofar is a wake-up call. Namely, it's to remind us to put things in the proper perspective. Now let's understand, the very fact that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment, the Sefer Achinoch in Mitzvah 311 says something fantastic. He says, Nimtza, you should understand, Shehayom Anichbad Hazeh, this very special day, 
This is a day that ensures the continuation of the world. What does that mean in simple English? It means as follows. He says it's a kindness on the part of Hashem that He lets us know that there's a day of judgment annually. And therefore, our sins cannot accumulate. Could you imagine if it was every 10 years, 20 years, or more? God forbid there'd be so many sins, it would be just too much to undo. This way, annually, you stop, you look, you listen. And most important, you look at yourself. And very interesting to note, Rosh Hashanah is the first day of Aseris Yemei Tshuva which means the 10 days of repentance. So one would have thought that, wow, you would say on Rosh Hashanah the vidui, the confession that we say so many times on Yom Kippur. <coughs> you would think that you would mention hate, sin, on Rosh Hashanah and saying, God, please pardon our sins. None of that is there. And even the very first line of some delete. So what's going on here? So many, many say beautifully the following, that what's happening on Rosh Hashanah is we are establishing a foundation. We are establishing the perspective as to where we want to go for the next year. We're setting up the rules for ourselves. Let's understand something. This past year, the first time that we might have missed a sheer, missed a class, that we might have spoken Lashonara, that we might have done something wrong. The first time was an ouch. We realized, oh my goodness, I did something wrong. But the second and the third time, it became easier. What we're doing on Rosh Hashanah is, wait a minute, we're starting anew. One of the primary reasons for blowing the shofar is that when they coronated a king, well, they blew shofar. Our blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, while well, we don't blow, ta-da, that, but that's just what we're doing. We are literally accepting Hashem as our king. Now, wait a minute. What is as our king? Hashem does not give us a smorgasbord. The Torah is not a choice of which of the 613 do you like, which of the, which of the 613 do you like. No. Hashem gives us laws. And we come to Rosh Hashanah with that purity of saying, Hashem, you are our king. Ovinu, our father, Malkenu, our king. And therefore, we are willing, ready, willing, and able to accept your laws. And therefore, my commitment to all these mitzvot is being bolstered by Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, there's no mention of sin, but there's a mention of, this is where I want to go in the forthcoming year. During the rest of Aseris Yemei Tshuva, and during Slichos, we recite the Oshamnu, and that's what we will be doing significantly on Yom HaKippurim. How much of the shofar do you have to hear? So, interestingly, from the Torah, you have to hear nine sounds, three teruah. From that, the rabbi said, wait a second, what is a truah? A truah, we know, is a cry. Is it a, what we would call a shivarim, which is a sigh? Ay, ay, ay. Or is it what we call the truah, a wail? Ay, 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 ay. Or is it a combination of both? Therefore, we blow 
all different possibilities. We blow first Tkiah, Shvarim, Trua Tkiah, three of those for 12 notes. We blow second three Tkiah, Shvarim, Tkiah, three of those, which is 12 and 9 is 21. Then we blow nine more, Tkiah, Trua Tkiah. So we've covered all bases and we've blown three Trua and we've sure got it. These are called Tkiyos de Miyushav, which is the 30 that we blow before the Shemona Esrei. Then we blow 30 more. The Svardim do it in the silent Shmona Esrei or the, those who dive in Nusach Svard and Ashkenazim do it in the repetition of the Shmona Esrei the shofar is Tefillah Let's understand this. You don't eat matzah in the Shemona Esrei. You don't shake a lulav in the Shemona Esrei. You do blow shofar in conjunction with the Shemona Esrei. And I'm going to tell you another reason why. The davening, the machzor, represents prayer in a formal sense. And we try to understand each and every word. But the shofar might very well be a prayer which comes from a depth of our heart, which we cannot express verbally with words. But the feeling is there. Hashem, I love you. The feeling is there. I want to be close to you. I want to follow your laws. I want, as we say in Zochreinu Lachayim, the first of those additions that we place in the Shemona Esrei, we say in that, Elokim Chayim, which means we say to Hashem, give us life, for your sake. That's the theme of Rosh Hashanah. Now, after we've blown the second 30, we blow, as a custom to blow 40 more, 100 kolos. Why? To remember Sisera's mother. Why her? Different opinions. It could be the universalism of Rosh Hashanah. Not just the Jewish people, the entire world are being judged and remembered on this day. I just want to remind you of the beautiful minhag of going to Tashlech. Now, nothing wrong with saying good yom tov, but tafosh Tashlech should not be primarily a social experience. It's another one of those poel dimyon. It's another one of those things similar to the dipping of apple and honey, similar to all those foods that we may mention of. Kings were coronated by the water. I'm coming to the water to coronate Hashem. And literally, I want to cast my sins. Don't throw the bread in the water to feed the fish because you're not allowed to feed the fish on Yom Tov. You don't feed those fish during the year. Hashem takes care of them. Don't feed the fish. Don't bring the bread to the Tashlech. But now if you can go to Tashlech, Wonderful. If you can't walk to Tashlich on Rosh Hashanah, then the custom is that you can drive during the week till Hoshana Rabbah for the recitation of Tashlich. There really is a lot more that we could and should say regarding this Yom Tov. I am restricted by time. I'm just going to tell you the Kriya Torah of the first day is literally the confrontation of husband and wife as to what to do about Yishmael. And God says, Goresh, get rid of him. 
Get rid of Yishmael and the idea of creating a proper environment for a Jewish home. The second day, the Kriya Torah is that of the Akedah, that we remember literally the binding of Yitzchak, so called because Yitzchak said to his father, bind me tighter lest I flinch, which shows that there was no generation gap between father and son. Father is ready to literally sacrifice his son, and the son is equally ready to be sacrificed. Once again, so much more. I take this opportunity, however, to wish Nachum, his family, and all those who are so helpful in helping him proliferate Jewish awareness, Jewish pride, Jewish identification, kulchem, the way we begin Pashas Nitzavim. And this is so important. It's so important for the children that they leave to school listening to Jewish music. It's so important to have an awareness as to what's going on. It's so important to have a sense of Jewish pride. And we wish Nachum continued success in all his endeavors and he should continue in good health to proliferate the beauty of our Misora for many years to come. Shabbat Shalom and Aksiva Vachasima Tova to all.